I told you we had a triangle coming in tonight. Didn't I tell y'all? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mike. Ooh. I think I'm doing. I think you know, you you know, I'm doing it kind of wrong here. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me do this right. All right, people. What's going on, people? As you already know, this is your man, the debonair DJ K Styles in the building. Guess what? We got the not one, not two, all three members of the heavy hitters. As I am your man, six man K Styles. To my stage left, that is the mad scientist, mad Mike Sports, and today is Jews Day. But guess what? We got down here at the bottom. We have the minister, Jew Talk Sports, and this is your Tuesday. Well, not Tuesday. Special edition of the, not the, the, the heavy hitters with two E's. I don't want to make the comparison because I can't stand that, bud, but we, we just don't say it. But you already know what we got to do here. We always got to give them that three letter words. We got to give them that real. And the roll call going in today, we're going to give it to Marwin Johnson. We got Ted Sports and Gaming. We got D. Sloan. We got Joseph Thornton, Aunt Jay, John Tarogia. We have the professor in the building, Mr. Noah Tendell. Y'all make sure y'all show him some love on his channel. We got Floyd Donnelly, Vlad Tepes. That's another one of our player partners there as well. We got Bubba Gump, Michael Walker. Not that Michael Walker. And let's get a couple more names in here. We got Raymond Elder, D. Coleman, Black Heart, Isaac Crown, Trauma Locks. And you got Ultra Shadow 97. We got one of our OG subscribers here, Ephraim Jones, Sean the RC Mechanic. Uh-oh. Uh, we got oh, Teacher Red in the building. Uh-oh. Oh, I got to be back. I got to behave. All right, let me get the... Hold on, we done. We done. I'm about to get my mouth in the mouth. Mm-mm. Oh, nah. I know about teachers and homework and rulers. Nah, we good. No, I'm good with that. But, um... Let's go ahead and, um... Get this thing started tonight, man, as we always do it here, man. Any one of y'all got what's on y'all minds, man? How y'all want to kick this thing off? Um, Whatever you want to do. Hey, man. Let's go on. Let's go ahead, Mike. What you got? What you got? I, I got a lot of, I mean, I got a lot to talk about, but um, I put a bunch of, um, Ideas in the chat. I'm, I'm kind of go back to it, and no. oh man, um, come on, stupid thing! Wow, 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 See, this is why we should have been sticking with smoke signals and carrier pigeons. That's what we should have been doing. 
I want to talk about, you know, when we was referring to you in, in the, ooh, um, got a number of us. We got the predictions. We got the offense, defense, special teams, MVP, um, the numbers on rushing and comeback players, um, a, a player on each team that you kind of, uh, the player on the team. And, and we have to do, we can do the NFC South and we just keep Atlanta Falcons, but, we got a number of, uh, of topics here that um, to kind of choose from, and but I, I, let's start with this one. Let's start with this one because this is one that you was talking about, and we're gonna give it the hot seat. We're gonna put some people on the hot seat. I think it's time Ooh. for the heavy hitters to get on the hot seat. And um, me personally, um, if you haven't checked the video out, um, I had a. a, a a guy and that I thought needed to step up. And this particular person, uh, although he is young and he's, uh, I think he definitely has uh, potential. He comes from Jews' uh, favorite team, um, the Auburn Tigers, uh, uh, the War Eagles, whatever you want to call them. Um, how the hell they got two damn things? That's what I want to know. Two mascots. You get two mascots. Well, no, nah, I can't I say nothing because we, because Tech got two matches. Yeah, the rumbling red. We, yeah. we got a stage coach and a beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can't that say nothing. makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to put some people on the hot seat. We're we going to put some people on the hot seat. And the first one, I want to explain the reason why I said Marlon Davidson before I kind of get to for you guys. Um, the reason why. I think it's paramount that the Falcons uh, is paramount is essential. It's, it's it's top priority before the running game and even the offensive line for me uh, because I'm sick and tired of not having a defense. I, I'm just sick of it. I'm 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 sick of not having a passing uh, 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 a defense that can get after the quarterback. I'm si- I'm tired of seeing the John Abraham show. I'm tired of seeing the Grady Jerry show. I need for guys to step up. No more excuses. I don't want to hear anything about, oh, he's hurt. He had COVID. Look, I don't care. The games that you are playing, I need for you to make it. A, I need you to make a spot. I need you to make sure that you, when teams come, they know they got to deal with Grady Jerry and they got to deal with Marlon Davidson. So I think Marlon Davidson, I think outside of Grady Jerry, this guy has, he has it all. He's a gritty Jared Cone, in my in my opinion. He can he can play in, he can play both uh defensive tackle positions, he can play three, four, one, zero, he can do all that. The dude is that he's that talented. So for me, I I can deal with injuries, you know, a little nagging, you know, an ankle sprain here and there, but I need for him to finally show what he can what he can do because we saw what he can do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the dude is a defensive tackle getting a pick six off of Tom Brady. So we know he has the instinct. So for me, I need to see Marlon Davidson step up and to be the guy that we all know that he can be. Oh, man. What you got on that, Jew? Well, what's, who, who's your hot seat Falcon this season? 
this going to be a surprise to you guys. Marlon Davidson, yeah, what Mike said, because I know what he did at Auburn, and he did a lot of talking in the draft. I don't know if you guys remember, if you go back and watch him prior to the draft, oh, yeah. his pre-draft talk before the Falcons even drafted him. He talked about putting hands on people, not going to jail for it, and all this extra stuff. Similar to Tap McKinley screaming, get after the quarterback and holding a picture of his grandmother and all of that, and then didn't do nothing. So <laughs> with that being said, the person that I'm going to – or the player I'm, I think that has to step up this year is Quadra Olsen. I know that's going wow. – that's a, a name that a lot of people ain't really, you know, been paying attention to because the running back room right now is loaded. But he's a guy that was in the last regime. I feel like a lot of these players that was drafted in the last regime, you got a target on your back. Like we've seen, they mm-hmm. clean, clean the house. John Kaminsky's gone last year. Jacob Toyoli Mariner. Pretty much all of the guys that was here with Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn are pretty much gone. Uh, Route 96, all of them guys is gone. So, Roger <laughs> Olsen, at this point, it's like, what is he? Like, I feel like when you get on the field, you got to dominate in, in where they won't take you off the field. For whatever reason, it seems like he gets a chance, but he really doesn't – he hasn't seized his opportunity. Let me say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to like a Terrell Davis. You guys remember Terrell Davis from the uh, Broncos, Hall of Famer. When he got his opportunity, mm-hmm. he took it and ran with it. And that's what you got to do as a player. Tom Brady, when Drew Bledsoe went down, he made sure Drew Bledsoe wasn't getting his job back. And that's what you got to mm-hmm. do. I feel like the same thing with Quadri Olison. I don't feel like he's gotten a fair shake necessarily, but it's something that they're not seeing in practice. Um, I know Mike had mentioned one time, I think in one of our shows that they were saying he didn't, he really didn't understand uh, blitz pickup and being able to protect the quarterback and stuff like that on third down. So that was a reason why he kind of wasn't playing. But to me, he's a guy that fits this mold perfect. Like, yeah, we did bring in uh, Algier, Atala Algier, but I feel like Quadri Olison is that same build, and he's that running back that Arthur Smith likes. He's physical. He runs downhill. And when he gets his opportunities, he to me, he plays pretty well. It's just like he doesn't dominate, and he has to dominate. Like when you touch the ball, you got to show them something, like to prove to them that I belong. Because, of course, the guys that they drafted, even though it's competition, we all know you're going to really stick or favor the guys that you drafted. So being that he's kind of the black sheep now because he's not a part of this regime, you know, the last two years of the guys that they drafted, you got to prove to them that you belong. So at this point, I feel like Quadra Olison is the guy that I'm really watching. I want him to show out in training camp. I want him to show out in preseason and prove that he can be a starting running back. Cause really I think he could be a starting running back. Don't let no rookie come in here, Tyler Algier, when you've been in the league, what, three, four years now, and mainly not even dressing in most of these games. Like, you got to show your stuff, mm-hmm. man. You got to come out here and be that downhill. Because to me, he should have been able to take Mike Davis's job. Like, we keep complaining about, you know, the, the weight that Cordell Patterson had to bear last year. But really, that's an indictment on all of the other guys that's in that running back room that, for whatever reason, Arthur Smith didn't trust them. So to me, he got to be – Olison got to be that guy that I think has the talent but he has to prove to this coaching staff that he belongs. Oh, man. Hey, and also shouts out to J-Rock in the damn chat, man. Hey, man, appreciate it. The Lord of the Discord is in here. So, yes, we definitely appreciate him. Hopefully we get him back on here pretty soon as well. But 
Man, y'all hit some good ones. Marlon Davidson, Quadri Olson. This is kind of this is kind of tough one because I got a couple players in mind. But I'm finna go with the glaring one, the most glaring one for me, who's on the hot seat, is Matt Hennessy. Uh, yeah. Because the because essentially what has been what has plagued this team for the last couple years is that center position. Once Alex Mack left, that center position has been real shaky. Now, we know Hennessy is a is a is a Smithers and a Gilbert guy. We know Hennessy is what that. And you got Dalman who is a Arthur Smith Terry Fontenot guy. Now, they've 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 played both of them last year. And from what we saw, it was really no difference in either one. They both played, they both looked very, very uh, shaky. And I feel like in order for this offense, in order to get this run game on point, that center position has to be solidified. Matt Hennessy has to step up. He has to take it to the next step. You ain't got Matt Ryan behind you no more. Mm. You got Mariota behind you who knows Arthur Smith, but as far as you got Mayfield on one side, you got Lindstrom on the other side. Mayfield is trying to get into his own. And as the center, and Jew, you know this, Mike, you know this, the center position is pretty much the quarterback's extension of the quarterback. And if the center can't pick up nothing, can't see nothing, can't make no adjustments and help his fellow guys, then the offensive line plays bad, which means there's no protection, no running game. The Falcons desperately needs to run the ball. There ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. They got to run the ball. And that center mm-hmm. position is very key to that. So, Matt Hennessy is on a hot of hot seats. So, that, oh, that, that that's the end of my take right there. That's all I got to say. Because that motherfucker make me drink Hennessy every time I see him try to pass a <laughs> But I see a lot of people in here talking about Hennessy, Caleb McGarry. Um, actually, there's mostly been offensive line. Yeah. I mean, we all know, I think McGarry knows his job on the line. Like, when they bring in the Fetty, they bring in, like, all these guys to compete with you, you know the right is on the wall. Now, McGarry looked like he got on some steroids or something this offseason. <laughs> boy, that boy's cut, boy. He's going to get random drug tested the first <laughs> I just saw everything on the up and up, but I think he, I think with Hennessy, I mean, um, with uh, McGarry, it's technique, really. I don't think that he's a bad player. Like, everybody keeps talking about McGarry. I'm not really worried about 
Keelan McGarry. I think it's all technique with him. I don't yeah. think that it's really like strength. He has a strength, but we've seen in this rookie season uh, when he went up against we went up against the Saints. He pretty much controlled Cam Jordan. Mm. So mm-hmm. he's a good player. I just oh, think man. it's all mental and technique with him. Right. I'm not and, really worried about it. And no, Noah here actually hit an interesting point too. He actually was in the same ballpark as you. But he said Cordero Patterson may be on the hot seat. And you know the crazy thing about that is I did a video on the running backs. And I brought up Cordero Patterson too. See, this is why I told y'all Noah is the is the lighter version of me because this is some <laughs> shit that I was thinking about too. But when he talking about in a good way, it's essentially and I'm I'm finna just guess on why he said it's a good in a good way. It's to limit the carries on him. Hmm. It, 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 it's to um, he, he don't need to, like I said, Cordero Patterson does not need to be running the ball 15, 20 times a damn game. He big, but he's still a wide receiver. Wide receivers don't take hits like running backs. And he's older too. And you got, and you not, and you now you got Avery Williams in that backfield room now. It's gonna be some limited carries for him, but that's gonna be a good thing for him, though. Now, hey, no, just make sure that is that the ballpark you was going for because his mind works just like mine. But, but what do y'all think about that? Y'all, y'all think not so much of hot seat, but you feel like this is just one of those things for Cordero Patterson where they're trying to limit him. On the carries and the hits. Yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to get the the money their money's worth. Like we gave them that new contract, so it was smart uh, to bring in more players. Like last year, let's be real, it was the Cal Pitt show and the Cordell Patterson show. So a lot of the times, you know, I think fans get it twisted. They think that players' numbers are going to drop when you bring in more talent, but that mm-hmm. actually helps you out when you play with with better talent and we can change it over a little bit to basketball look at a guy like kd when he went and played with the warriors like yeah he was great with the thunder but when you put him with steph clay now you can't double team him you Mm -hmm. see what i'm saying when he was with okc you can double triple team but when you got better players around you when you got clay when you got steph that you can't leave that made KD's life a lot more, you know, a lot easier. So I feel like the same thing with Cordell Patterson. Every time Cordell Patterson gets in the game, if he runs out on the field last season, all eyes were on him. I don't care what position you were, a safety corner, linebacker, everybody was watching number 84 and number eight. That's it. Everybody else, we can lead them one-on-one. They can't be pressed. We're not worried about the kids. We're not worried. Even uh, Russell Gage, no disrespect to Russell Gage. Yeah, he made big plays last year. But the reason he was able to make those plays was because of a Kyle Pitts and because of a Cordero Patterson. Everybody was focusing in on them. The, those spectacular catches that we've seen Russell Gage make, he was one-on-one pretty much every single play. So he did what he was supposed to do, beat one-on-one coverage. But other than that, I mean, I think the more weapons you have, the better and easier you make it for Kyle Pitts. It's a reason why Kyle Pitts had one touchdown last year. And I talked about this in my video I just did on Kyle Pitts is, you bringing in a complimentary player, and Mike's talked about this as well when we had Muhammad Sanu. When you bring in that complimentary 
wide receiver, it only makes your the number one wide receiver's job that much easier because it takes the burden off of them. So this year, Kyle Pitts is not going to see triple teams and double teams as much because if you um, your boy start cooking on the other end, Drake London starts to cook, and he's exposing whoever's covering him, that number two corner, or exposing that slot corner, you have to start bracketing him. And then at that point, that opens up everything for Cordero Patterson, opens up everything for Kyle Pitts. So I feel like the more talent you have, the better. Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of kind of going, it's kind of going to this Cordero Patterson thing. Do you kind of feel like uh, I'm gonna ask you? Was Cordero Patterson's success based on his skill set or the fact that Kyle Pitts got all the respect? Oh, um, that's a good question. I, I think the reason why I'm hesitating is is because you have a guy like Kyle Pitts, like you just don't know what he is. And so it, a team defense is kind of hesitant because they're trying to figure out, is he a wide receiver, is he a tight end? Um, and they kind of experiment on defense. Like now they know what he is. And quite frankly, uh, Cordero Patterson can take advantage of that split second decision um, with that uncertainty because, again, like you don't know. Because the Kyle Pitts, we saw that Bill Belichick, not Bill Belichick, uh, it, it was uh, the Carolina Panthers. Like they, they knew they couldn't put a safety. They knew they couldn't put their second and third corners on him. They knew they couldn't put a linebacker on him. So what they did, they just shouted him with Stephon Gilmore the entire game. So you kind of saw what they did, but it was over time. So during time, and which goes into what Noah was saying about Cordero Patterson being on a hot seat, uh, I'm assuming that's what he was saying, but him being on the uh, hot seat, that allows a guy like Cordero Patterson, who has that breakaway speed, and that ability to take it to the house at any given time. So I, I think it kind of worked well together. And that's what you was talking about, by having guys that, um, you know, a multitude of talent. Um, because now you know, like, with Julio Jones and Muhammad, and the, like, you knew that you couldn't sit back and just press these guys. Because Muhammad knew he's going to destroy that press. He's very good at um, getting off the ball and just bullying defensive backs. Like, he, that's his – that's his strength. That's Julio Jones' strength on top of the speed. So when you got those guys that you can't easily just put one guy on, or you can't easily stop a Cordero Patterson with a linebacker. You can't because he's gonna out he's gonna outrun the linebacker. He's too big for smaller DBs. And like JT was saying the other night, last night, it's like most of these DBs are like five, ten, a hundred, eighty, a hundred and ninety pounds. That's the average height and size of DBs in, in the league now. So you got that. Like, I, I think it's a, just a perfect match. I think like, it's it's like water. Those guys are just like water. They easily – they are able to adapt to any type. And that's what Carl, uh, uh, Cordero Patterson and, and Pitts are 
I, like, I think they're the perfect match, to be honest. And I think that was one of the main reasons why you brought in Alden Tate. You brought in a Drake London because who was ever able to physically win their matchup during the co- uh, during the course of a game, that's, who's, that's who he's going to take advantage of. He's in there just looking for those mismatches. Who can I physically dominate in that secondary, in that linebacking court? And that's the thing that a lot of people are underestimating with with uh, Arthur Smith. He's just looking for a mat- matchup that he can exploit. That was the main reason why, again, I know this long-winded, I, I got a little Jew in me today, but that's kind of the reason why um, <laughs> that's the reason why um, you saw him with one touchdown last year because he didn't have many matchups. So teams, all teams did was, hey, we're just going to double, triple. <laughs> we're just going to double and triple copies. Man, that's what happened. That's what happened when you got um, Putty on the outside that can't get open. That's, that's what happens. Putty. <laughs> that's just putty, putty, boy. I was going to say midgets, but I like they, they could be midgets too, but they, they were putty. They, they, they couldn't do nothing. They were stuck. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get to the next one, man. We're going to talk about the um, expectations for the Falcons this this upseason. I like how do y'all feel about Ooh. where the running game can improve, how the running game can improve, and what does it does for this offense, and what players can impact this defense to make it better. Um, I'm gonna let you go ahead, go ahead, and kick it off with that. I think the running game will improve just off the mere fact that you have a mobile quarterback. Like I think a lot of people are sleeping on whether it's Desmond Ritter, whether it's Marcus Mariota, just go look at the Philadelphia Eagles last year. They were the number one rushing team in, in the league. And a lot of it had to do with, yeah, they have a great offensive line. Philadelphia has one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. But they had Jalen Hurts, uh, who was basically uh, helping the running backs as well. Like, not only was the running backs, Miles Sanders and the guys that they had running the ball well, but then you had to add that extra layer of a guy like Jalen Hurts that can pull the ball in those RPOs and take off running. So I think with a guy like Marcus Mariota, I think a lot of people forget how athletic he is and how explosive he is. Go look at him when he was in Tennessee. He had games where I seen 50-yard touchdown runs. Like you pull the ball, nobody, you got daylight in front of you, and he hits it. Like I said, and I said this in one of my videos, I think it was in the Kyle Pitts video. I talked about how Matt Ryan, yes, he can run, you know, yeah, he can get you five, six yards here and there, but that's not his game. Like, he's not going to kill you with his legs. Marcus Mariota can run for 100 yards in the game like a running back. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a guy like Jalen Hurts. We know that firsthand last season in that first game against Philadelphia last year at home. What did Dean Pease talk about after that game? We didn't stick to our assignments. We let him mm-hmm. get outside the pocket. All the stuff we went over during the week, we allowed him to get outside, and that's how he hurt us. Same thing with Marcus Mariota. Even if our line is not improved, which I think it will be improved just because you have guys going in their second year, this team had a chance, the offensive line had a chance to jail last season. Even if those guys really don't improve, in the running game, if you're just strictly running RPO, the defensive end or that outside linebacker has to make a decision. And do I tackle the running back or do I get Marcus Mariota? Like everybody has an assignment. So it makes your job a lot harder as a defense to to basically 
uh, focus on who has the ball. We talked about misdirection last season with those zone, uh, with those reverses and things of that nature. I think this year you're going to see a lot of that. And that's why they brought in uh, the guys that they brought in, um, like Demir Bird. He's a guy who can do those cop- those type of reverses and trick plays and things of that nature. That's things I think we're going to see this year. And with Marcus Mariota back there, when he's a true dual threat, I think it makes it a, hot, a lot harder for defenses to cue in on what you're doing. With Matt Ryan, and y'all talked about this last night with JT, you pretty much know what Matt Ryan's going to be. He's not scrambling the, the run. He's scrambling to get the look down the field. And when nobody's getting open, that's some of the reasons why Matt Ryan took sacks, because he's not going to just take off and run on the third down necessarily if it's third and 10, because he don't think he can get to the sticks. But a guy like Marcus Mariota, you in man coverage, and everybody turns their back to him, he's going to boat out in the pocket and go get that first down. That's going to be his first mind. He's going to look. If it ain't there, he's going to take off because he's that's just his mindset. He's an athlete first. Matt Ryan was a guy that I'm going to look to throw this ball at all costs. And then if it comes down to it, yeah, I'll take off and run. But he's more reluctant to do that. And I think that that's going to put a lot of – and we know this firsthand because we struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Now we're going to give a lot of these teams a taste, a taste of their own medicine that they're going to realize how hard it is to contain a guy that's mobile. And I talked about it in my last video I did as well. It's like it's not the first play, as they say with Russell Wilson. It's that second play where – it becomes backyard football. He's back there scrambling around. And now he's breaking contain. The cornerbacks don't know, should I go after him? Because now he's broke contain on the, the defensive line. And now he's running up the field. I don't know whether to come back and get him or go and get the, the wide receiver. Because a lot of times, if you look at the big plays that Russell Wilson makes, it's when he's scrambling around. Nobody's open. He takes off like he's looking like he's going to run. The corners, now they have eyes on him. And now his receiver then voted up the field, whether it's Lockett or whether it's DK Metcalf, they just snuck behind the defense. And that's when he gets those 50 yard, 60 yard pass plays. So I think it'll be the same exact thing with a guy like Mariota. And I think that's another reason why they wanted those bigger wide receivers because the pa- the pass doesn't have to be perfect. If he's throwing a 50 yard bomb, trust me, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. <laughs> Drake London, they're going to win that matchup. <laughs> So I really think that this defense is going to be hard. I mean, this offense is going to be hard to stop because you have two quarterbacks that are mobile and mobile quarterbacks are a headache. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I know y'all caught me laughing here, but with Devontae, like I said, we still trying to figure out what the hell is backup quarterback energy. (laughs) This is the most um, ass backwards damn comment I've heard this year. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I, know, I, didn't know there was a, I didn't know there was a such thing as backup quarterback and starting quarterback energy. Uh, you win the job, you win the job. That's it. <laughs> but, and all the people that saying Desmond Ritter was a winner, he was a winner in college. But Marcus Mariota, if you go look at his stats when he was at Oregon, he was a winner as well in college. That's mm-hmm. another thing I've been getting a lot of people mm-hmm. been saying. Well, Desmond Ritter is a winner. Go look at – Former Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Mariota's college highlights. Go look at what he did in college. He was one of those guys that was leading his team to national championship games and playoff games. So, and I'm not hating. Like, I, everybody thinks because I talk about Marcus Mariota that I dislike Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter has a fair, you know, fair opportunity to be the starter. But either one of those guys, like I was talking about being mobile, Ritter is mobile as well. So you're going to have hell on your hands with both of those guys. 
And you know what? I just thought about something. And, and it kind of goes back to where we where this disconnect between this Mariota and Ritter thing on if Ritter doesn't win the starting job, then he's a failure and stuff like that. I think it kind of comes from the fact that we as Falcon fans, as a portion of us Falcon fans that are not used to that process of building a quarterback up. Say that again, mm-hmm. K-Styles. That was yeah. good right there. Well, well, and for people, for the people in the back that don't know what I'm saying is, I think a lot of our fan base is not used to the process of developing a quarterback because we, we're so used to getting the quarterback and him starting right away, knowing that he's the starter. Mm-hmm. Him immediately making an impact. That's the same thing with Vic. He made an immediate impact. Right. Matt Ryan made an immediate, immediate impact. impact. I mean, he threw a touchdown on his first pass. So, man, so yeah. So, so this, so this is, so this is where a lot of this, this, um, I don't want to say hatred, I'm gonna say this is where a lot of this resentment is with the Desmond Ritter, because this is not a situation where okay, you know that he's the immediate starter. See, because he's uh, not pegged, he's not pegged to be the immediate starter. Well, no, we know the other main reason why, but but I'm just going off of this point right here. We I'm going off of this point, but the fact that he's not pegged as the immediate starter, people have already doubted him. It don't always work like that, people. Go ahead. I want to mention something that's got to put this in perspective. Um, The Niners are trying so hard right now to make sure, like, Trey Lance is developing. Bro, they brought in Steve Young to mentor this guy. I mean, everybody was talking about, like, like, I love JT to death, but don't, please don't ever say that. Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback guru. He made quarterbacks better. No, he made uh, look there. He he made certain. I, I would say this. He made guys that were not going to be, um, that were not going to play a lot of downs for any other team. He made those guys look good. All right. But when we talk about making a guy like Matt Ryan better. Um, I can't necessarily say that because that was the case because Matt Ryan, the year after, I mean, you go back and look at 2012. I mean, his numbers in 2012 was damn near identical. And he got no respect for that. His numbers in 2012, I think, like, I did numbers on that in that year. I think he he was, like, uh, uh, 200 yards away Um Six, I think it's like five touchdowns away, and they threw like three or four more interceptions that he did in uh, 16. But his number was damn near identical from 2012 to his MVP season. And then the year after that, in my opinion, I thought he had a better year. Um, the following year with Steve Sarkeesian, and Steve Sarkeesian ended up getting fired. So to say that he is that guy, like, I, I just don't believe that. But I'm saying that to saying uh, I say it that to say this is that sometimes it takes quarterbacks time to figure out who they are. Aaron Rodgers had three years to sit back 
and watch a legend. He had three years to sit back and watch him. Mm-hmm. And we want these guys to sit back and just, all right, and get it immediately. Warren Moon was in the U.S. I don't even know what the hell even the name of the USFL. USFL, the old USFL. Like he 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 got his start there, so he came to the NFL and still had over you know forty fifty thousand yard pass. So he got a he got a late start to the NFL. So we have these examples of quarterbacks, um, you know, having a a slow start to their career. I mean, Drew Brees is another guy. Tom Brady. We just brought up Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't even slated to be a starter. Mm-hmm. He he took advantage of a situation and he immediately made an impact. And he never relinquished that. So we got all these guys that sit up here talking about, you know, we need to get a guy, a Bryce Young, we need to get CJ Stroud. Like at the end of the day, it comes down to the player. And this is where I think the Falcons got away from what they typically have done is building the right foundation as a team. So when a guy had when a guy goes down, somebody can step up immediately. And this is the reason why I think Deion Jones is still um here. This is why I think Grady is still here. You gotta set that foundation first to make sure it's like, all right, this guy gone. If he doesn't develop well, well, I can't get rid of Dion. I can't give away, get rid of a, a Grady Jet because Marlon Davidson isn't developing well. If I chip Dion off, well, I gotta make sure Rashawn Evans, Michael Walker, and Troy Anderson develop. So we got to get these guys time to develop as player and not be so quick to just, all right, we got this guy. Let's get rid of him because these guys may not develop. Let me give you some examples. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes is the perfect example. Hmm. He wasn't an immediate starter. If you looked at his college tape, you see the you see the skill set as far as him throwing the football, but he wasn't very successful. He had time to develop. The quote unquote the quote unquote GOAT Tom Brady was average at best coming into mm-hmm. the NFL. That's why he got drafted in the sixth round. Drew Brees was a second round pick for a reason. So that's why I said it just comes down to Ritter. Like I said, it just comes down. Ritter is not flashy. That's the thing. He's not flashy. That's another thing. He's mm-hmm. not flashy. He's a Matt Ryan clone. I know people ain't want to hear that, but he's a Matt Ryan clone. You not you don't look at his game and say, "Wow, he's fast!" Or, "Wow, he got a big arm!" Or, "Wow, his accuracy!" He just gets the job right. done, right? And then you forget that he really didn't have really nothing to work with outside of damn Alec Pierce all on that Pierce, team. So, yeah. 
But uh, we got a $2 super chat. $2. He said, I think Fred Butt said, I think Ritter starts. He's special. And like I said, it's it's his it's his job to win. He 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 has an opportunity to win the job because it's not because we can't say that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are guaranteed neither. Mm-hmm. What do we always say about quarterbacks that come out of Alabama? Quarterbacks that come out of Ohio State. Now, I'm not saying that. You ain't got that many success stories. You really don't have that many success stories because why? We don't know. We don't. We don't know. Bryce Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud could dip this year. They could play absolute garbage this year, and then what's going to be the story? Y'all still Mm -hmm. want them if they play terrible? Remember this upcoming draft. Before the season started, who was the number one pro- quarterback prospect that was supposed to went into this draft this year? Do y'all remember who that number one quarterback prospect was? Spencer Rattler. <laughs> oh man, wow! Yeah, he, he. Ooh boy, he fell off the earth, bro. It was Spencer Rattler was supposed to have been the number one quarterback prospect in this year's draft class. Hmm. He got benched for a freshman after after the fifth game. It ended up tra- it ended up transferring to South Carolina at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Bo Nix was another guy too. Bo Nix started off. Uh, uh, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about my, my bad, dude. My bad, dude. My bad. Oh, you man. good? I call him Bitch Trubisky. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they the same person. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 look. It was supposed to be Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. This was before the season started. Spencer Rattler get, got benched and transferred to South Carolina. Bo Nix then transferred to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell got picked in the fourth or fifth round or something. Fifth round or some shit like that. Man, I like Bo Nix too. That, that's the weird that like I like him, but he's just so his decision making is just bro. It leave you just like, well, what are you doing? What are you thinking? He do too bro. much. He just do too much. He's not a bad quarterback. He just does way too much. <laughs> he does too much, man. He he don't know when to play his own. He don't know how to lay the mm-hmm. fight up and down. That's the biggest he problem. He really doesn't. Right. And like I said, this is why we this is why we always say next year, like I said, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are not a damn guarantee out here. If that's the case, if you was waiting on those two, you wouldn't even draft a quarterback this year. But you drafted one. Arizona Cardinals picked a quarterback in the first round two years in a row. Where they could have used one of those first round picks to help better the team in a way, either a pass rusher or a wide receiver or something like that. You used it on two quarterbacks. At the end of the day, bro, we like I said, and that that that's why I said I like this Desmond Ritter pick even more because I know people hate it. 
And usually when people hate a pick, they usually do damn good. So I, I'm, 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 I'm rocking with it. I just want to piggyback on one thing, that, uh, one more thing that y'all were saying about this whole quarterback thing before we move on. And it goes back to what we were saying when Matt Ryan was here. I just don't believe in, like, everybody thinks I'm hating. I'm not hating on, on Desmond Ritter. My thing is I want to put him in a position where he can succeed. Like we talked about Matt Ryan, we talked we talked about Michael Vick, and what we kept saying last year, fellas, we kept saying when everybody wanted a quarterback, when uh, Justin Fields was coming out, our biggest mm-hmm. issue was the team is not built around him yet. Right. The reason I want mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter to sit this season, no matter how the season's panning out, whether we we're owing sixteen or seventeen, or whether we're a team vying for the playoffs, is you give guys like. Um, Drake London, he'll be going into year two next year, so he'll have some NFL experience. You give this offensive line another year to jail. We don't know what we got on defense. You give this defense a chance to continue to grow. You don't want to throw a rookie quarterback into a situation where we're kind of in a retool. You want to drop a quarterback. Like when we dropped Matt Ryan on the Falcons, when we drafted him, you had Michael Turner that he could lean on. You had a solid offensive line. You had Roddy White. You had veterans on the team. Right now, we're a young football team, so you don't need a young leader. You need a veteran, grizzled veteran out there with these young guys to help them develop. That's the biggest thing, and that's why I talked about on what's the word, Dirty Bird. Like, the biggest thing is right now for the Falcons is development. That's the key to everything is player development. We got to mm-hmm. develop these guys. So throwing Ritter out there right now doesn't benefit him. It's not that he's not a good player. To be honest, I don't get – I don't think he – like, as much as we keep saying it's going to be a competition – I really don't think that he really has a fair chance to be completely honest with you guys to be the starter because mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota already knows the playbook. He already mm-hmm. has the leg up. He's been with Arthur Smith. I said this in my video I did about the quarterbacks. Right after Matt Ryan got rid, we got traded Matt Ryan. Not a couple of days later, who was coming into the Atlanta Falcons facility? Marcus Mariota. Like they had him on speed dial. That was for a reason. A lot of the times, a lot of these guys we're seeing that the Falcons are bringing in these Tennessee Titans players and these Chicago Bears veterans are to teach these young guys and help develop these young guys. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they on one and two year deals. Mm-hmm. So let's just be real. It goes back to what we've been saying on all of our shows. It's no hate against any quarterback, Justin Fields, Brett Favre, whoever it is coming in, Peyton Manning, go look at those guys rookie seasons. None of those guys played well. Go look at how many picks, um, Peyton Manning threw in his rookie season. Go oh, look at how many Terry Bradshaw threw in his rookie season. It's no reason to put out there this first year for what? Like, what? Is, what are we going to gain by doing that? Other than we got a rookie quarterback playing, we're not going to gain anything. So, to be honest with you guys, playing him in, in year one, game one, all I think you're going to do is hurt his confidence. Like, he's going to really be, even though he's the leader and all of that, and he's talking and saying the right things. If he goes out there and gets beat up, go look at a guy like David Carr from Texas that got beat up early in his career with no weapon around. It destroyed him. Let's be real. It just destroyed his see. career. So, see. And see, but go, go. go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I'm about to. No, just real quick. Uh, but this is the reason why I made the video of Frank Bush earlier today. Like, they, they're not going to be putting guys, they're not going to force guys out there unless. Um, you know, an injury or something that uh, injury happens. Um, because even he said with Troy Anderson, I know everybody wants Dion gone. 
Um, and I know they, they want to make sure um, the young guy or the guy that they bring in, he immediately sees the field. But they said even with Troy Anderson, there is a process. They're not going to throw it. They did the same thing last year with Richie Grant. Richie Grant had to get to a point where he he had to prove to them that he understands the playbook. So, you guys, you have to watch uh, watch the entire videos. All right? I'm I'm going through every article. We're going through D-Liz. We're going through all these guys. Tory Malcahaney. We're going Scott Bear. And I'm br- dissecting these interviews so you guys, you don't have to read. I'll read for you. Okay? I don't wait. You ain't have to read. I will do it for you. Watch the videos so you will understand, okay? So you understand what exactly is happening. See, I think see, I think what the issue is we like I said, we we fell in we fell into what we describe today's society as a microwave society. It's all about the instant success. We won't instant impact not knowing that a lot of these teams that have this elongated success a lot of these teams that got elongated success i'm not talking about once every four or five years we talking about like continuous 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 success they don't rush guys out there right away mm. That's what like like you said, like Mike said, you brought veterans here for a reason. You got a lot of young guys on this squad. And they essentially brought in veterans at every position on this team. So we gotta get we gotta get out of this notion that if the guy doesn't start immediately, then he's an automatic failure. The game don't work like that, bro. I grew I, I grew up watching football where some guys didn't even see the field until year three. Oof, yeah. Like I said, we just named one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's considered the GOAT. Yeah. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes sat a whole year. Now, if you had this mindset where if he doesn't start wide away, then he's garbage. Y'all would not have gave Patrick Mahomes a chance if that went mm-hmm. down that situation. Tom Brady, just like that. Trey Lance, just like that. The book is still out on Trey Lance, but we just saying as far as the situation. And what's in, what 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 are all those quarterbacks you just you just said or just named haven't had in common? All of those guys went to a good situation. Like mm-hmm. the Chiefs were winning games, they were making the playoffs year after year after year. Right. The Patriots, right. they had a good defense, they had a good coaching staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are one of the best organizations in football. So, mm-hmm. you, you had those guys, it's like you're not dropping them, you want not dropping them on a super young team with no right. no proven players. Basically, you're dropping right. them into a good situation where it was like a micro, it was a microwave situation because you dropped them on a team. That was great already. So mm-hmm. basically, they were just like icing on the cake. They weren't the savior, like rescue this right. franchise. Right. They were being dropped in situations where it's like the defense was built. You got offensive weapons. You got a great coaching staff. You just icing on the cake. Similar to mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger. He was another guy. When he came in the league, 
he wasn't the Ben Roethlisberger, the Hall of Famer that he is year one. He had the Jerome Bellis, uh, Bettis. He had the Willie Parkers and then a solid defense. So you had him. It's just like, okay, third down, you make a short pass or here and there. But first two downs, we're going to run the ball. We're going to click on third and manageable. You throw the ball to the tight end on a hook flat, you know, hook route, give us a quick first down. Like it was not go out there and get 300 yards, 400 yards every single week. It don't work that way. Yeah, so we just got to get out this mindset of, and like I said, this and this is and everybody's trying to rush the process. You can't rush the process. The process is going to be the process. These guys got to learn. Because if you throw somebody out there that don't know what the hell they're doing, it takes a special person that got to go out there and do it immediately. It takes you got to have that special something. But that's once every blue moon, though. Oh, like I said, man, my, I forgot about Steve McNair sitting too. Like he sat behind mm. Chris Chandler. Mm. Yeah, Michael Vick sat behind Chris Chandler too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like Ju said, Mariota knows the system. He knows what Arthur Smith wants. It's basically Mariota's job to lose. He's not a bum. We we keep talking about we talking about this guy like he's 36, 37 years old. This dude is only 28 years old. Mm-hmm. He can still he can still start, do whatever. But he can train, he can translate what Arthur Smith wants to Desmond Ritter effortlessly because he knows what he wants. I want to make a video on uh, – I'm going to expand it. I'll, I'll actually work on this tonight, and I will drop this. But I'm going to give you guys a scenario that I'm thinking what could happen if Mariota ends up being a very good quarterback. And I think you guys are going to love this. Like, trust me, I'm not going to say it now because we got some people that's, that's watching us, and they might steal the idea. But I think y'all going to love this, so stay tuned for tomorrow. I promise you, you're going to love this. Because if, if he ends up being a very good quarterback, I guarantee y'all going to like what I got to say. Because mm-hmm. like you said, um, with Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, Ben Roethlisberger, his rookie year, yes, he went 13-0. and 0. They was running that rock, boy. They they, they asked mm-hmm. him not to do too much. Mm-hmm. As you know, the Steelers was a running a running football team, and they played defense. Mm-hmm. Don't cost us the game. Things we struggled to do last year, Case Styles, was run the ball and play good defense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. We still can't run the ball. We still can't play defense, but a, but a quarterback gonna save us. Help us. Oh boy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Lord Y'all want to throw, right. <laughs> throw oh, him in the mix when we struggle with everything every other quarterback had that dude. But I make it make sense, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. That's it. You, that's it. You still trying to build an identity with this team. This team's still trying to find itself. Mm-hmm. 
they got the idea is there. It's just about bringing the players in there. Well, before, right. before we segue, I know we've been on stuff on this topic, but I kind of wanted to, to piggyback on something that Mike said about Kyle Shanahan that JT was talking about last night when he was talking about um, him being great with quarterbacks. No, the thing about the Shanahan's, both Kyle and his father, Mike Shanahan, they understand the importance of the running game that helps the quarterback. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing with the Shanahan's is they understand any team that he coaches, Kyle Shanahan, everything is predicated off the run. The West Coast scheme is predicated off the run and play action. We've seen him with any court, uh, running back. He can get any running back off the street. Elijah Mitchell now that he has, I think, for like a fifth-round pick. I don't care who's in the backfield for the 49ers. They're going to rush for 1,000 yards. The same thing when he was here with Devontae Freeman, Coleman. I don't care who you put in that backfield. He understands he he has one of the best systems when it comes to running backs running the football, and that's what helps the quarterback. So, yeah, your quarterback going to play well because you're going to run the football. You're gonna play, your offensive line is going to play well. So, yeah, most quarterbacks that he has does look – you know, he's not a quarterback guru. He's excellent at drawing up plays in the running game, which makes the quarterback job easy or easier. So I think that's the biggest misconception with Kyle Shanahan, which he is. I consider him an offensive mastermind. He is a good, you know, offensive mind, but he's not a quarterback whisperer. He's just great at drawing up running plays. And then when you key in on that run, then that's when he hits you over the top. That's what Kyle Shanahan does best. I about to say, as all the play, as all the players that got grounded in the dirt. They got grounded into the dirt because it. Boy, you call boy, you might well, yeah, he he's a great play caller, but boy, he overuses the shit out of people. Look, look, let me let me say this. Let me add on to this too. Like what, what he said about Kyle Shanahan. Like people don't realize he his system gets his quarterback hurt, and he gets them hit a lot. Because he's not thinking about pass protection. He Kyle Shanahan is never really thinking about pass protection. He's using the running game to be the offensive line pass protection or help in pass protection. Reason why I say that is because people don't realize Matt Ryan was one of the most hit quarterbacks in 2016. He was one of the most hit quarterbacks. Then they say he was hit like 210 times that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the MVP season. So, no, he's not a a quarterback guru does not allow his quarterback to get hit. This is why Peyton Manning is – and why they surrounded him. If you go back and look at the Indianapolis Colts early years, and it's, but they had like three or four um, – they had Tom Moore, they had Bruce Arians, um, and somebody else, I forget. I think Greg Nat was, I, I forget who it, but they had a lot of, um, that's another guy that's speaking, but they had like three or four guys that are now offensive coordinators and, and very good uh, co- uh, coordinators in the league on that on that same team. So they surrounded him with a bunch of talent. So at the end of the day, we talk about how are we going to develop these players, but you got to put excellent coaches around them. You got to have an excellent system. You have to have an idea of where you're going. And, again, I keep saying we sound like broken records saying this, but 
This is the reason why the Falcons failed because from year after year, we all know that we had no clue what we was going to be doing the zone run or we're going to be a power running scheme. We had no freaking clue what the offensive line was going to be doing. And you expect a guy, you know, as bad as he, his, his career was, but you were, you wonder why a guy like Peter Cons is, is failing because you throwing him in a system. He doesn't fit. You constantly changing the system. You can't do that with offensive line. You can't do that with defensive line. You gotta have a, a you gotta have a plan mapped out for those guys. Mm-hmm. And we gotta look at it. And then, like you said, and I think we look at Cincinnati's success last year, them getting to the Super Bowl. I think we put a little bit too much stock into that. Way too much stock, Kate. I think we put too much stock into it. And like I said, even 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 I, I take accountability for what I said about that too. About well, Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. Carrie, what's going on? What was Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who did that song. But um, yeah, um, appreciate y'all. Appreciate everybody joining us as well, man. Man, we definitely appreciate it. But yeah, I think we kind of put too much stock into that because a team could be good for one year. The real test, the real test to see if Cincinnati really is for real, is going to be this year and next year. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback last year, and they got to the Super Bowl, but. What did you, what it might just say? But they run the ball very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happened to Cincinnati in the Super Bowl? Once they stopped running the ball, what happened? Mm-hmm. That whole offense went Aaron to Dole shit. And Duke. <laughs> <laughs> that whole offense went. There was no more Jamar Chase after that. They Once mm-hmm. they stopped running the ball, there was no Jamar Chase doing anything. There was no... You got Tyler Boyd out there dropping passes. Mm-hmm. So, regardless, regardless on what the popular belief is with Cincinnati, you're not gonna know what this team really made of until after the after the, this season and next season. Hey, yeah, everybody hit the damn like button. Everybody hit that damn like. Everybody bitch slap that like button for Come us. Come on, like we got yeah, we got less than thirty. Like good God, we got about a hundred people in here. Yeah, yeah hundred people. It should be at least fifty likes on this damn thing. At least. At the very. We try to get the fifty. At least get the fifty percent up in this man. Yeah, you're, you're killing us, man. You're killing us, but we appreciate you watching. But hey, one thing I'm gonna say, man. If you wishing for bad, you're gonna get bad results. And then be complaining about why there's bad results. Yeah, speaking it into a damn existence. Yeah, you some uh-huh. some sometimes we just need to shut the hell up and just let the process play out. That's it. We don't damn know. How many times we don't say that? <laughs> we don't we have no clue. If you would have told me that. 
Deion Jones, when we drafted him, Keanu Neal, especially Keanu Neal, Keanu Neal will have like the way his career started. He was he was on pace to be one of the best strong safeties in the league, and then bam, his career came to an end of really just one injury. So these are the things that we talk about. Development is key. If you don't wait for these guys and properly train these guys, things like this happen in the NFL where injuries come along. So this is the reason why we got to make sure that um, Desmond Ritter is properly trained because we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. We don't know what's going to happen. You got to properly train these let me ask y'all a question. Let me ask y'all a question. I'm, I'm going to use a scenario here. Let's say you purchase a home and you want your home built from the ground up. Uh-uh. Are you are going to ask Tyrone down the street to build that house for you? <laughs> he has no experience whatsoever. I'm, I'm 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 asking the people here in the chat right now. Do you want your house built by somebody that has no experience in construction? While we doing that, let's go ahead and play the waiting music. <laughs> really, <in> case <laughs> let's play the let's play the waiting music. While we doing that, y'all make sure y'all go ahead and hit that like button, hit that thing, and share this stuff with the boys over here, the heavy hitters. We're waiting on everybody to answer the damn question. Do you want your house built by somebody that has no experience in construction or plan? Hell no. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell no. I only got one answer. I got two answers. I got two answers. I got three answers. Christy! We got another lady up in here, man. We, we got too many hard legs up in here. We need some more ladies. We got Teacher Red watching. We got uh, Christy. We got Carrie. <laughs> Um, it's it, it too many. It's too many dudes up here. We need some ladies. <laughs> hey man, we need to get all the estrogen. females. We need, we need some estrogen in here. Okay, yeah, we need. We need <laughs> what, what? Hey, one of these shows, Christy, Carrie, y'all gonna get on here with us and talk some football? Here. Yes. <laughs> it don't gotta be long. Just for a few. Minutes. Hey, the, you know Delilah I mean? as well. You, you, you come in here and speak some fo- speak some football. All right, so we we done with that. So it's a whole. I see some. Um, I see some hell nos. I see some nope. I saw somebody say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking Juan and Manuel to build my house. <laughs> so, so. So so base so base so. so, so, so uh, we got a fuck no from a- ATL Leo. So wow. the reason, <laughs> yeah, the quiet storm. Yeah, nah, this, 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 this is the heavy hitters powwow. You got those. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why I'm asking that is you got, like I said, you, 
guys to put the right players there to get the process started. We're not just talking about the quarterback position. We're talking about Troy Anderson, the linebacker position. This is why you still got a Deion Jones. This is why Michael Walker is getting a lot of looks because these guys have been in this system before. These guys have had experience in this league. Now, when you bring in a guy like a Troy Anderson, you got Nick Kawakawak. You still got him on the damn team. These guys all got experience. (laughs) Hey, man, shoot. It takes a special rookie to come in right away and do it. Mm -hmm. And it takes the right team to do it, too. That's the other thing we're not talking about. You just you said it earlier. It takes the right team. If you have a team that's already there, you can take that chance. But when your team ain't there yet, this is why you got a lot of veterans to ease the transition. That's a little game for y'all right there. That goes <laughs> into life too. <laughs> but before we end the show. We got we got about a good fifteen, about a good I say about a good ten minutes left. We're gonna do a little QA here, man. So people go ahead and get your questions ready, get your heavy headers question questionnaires ready. Um let me know if I need to play the um get your questions ready music here. Do I need to play that? Well you play it, Kay. You just talking about veterans. And I always point back to the 2016 Falcons because that was a team that should have won a Super Bowl. If you look at that team, who you had on the veterans you had on that team, in every room you had a veteran. You had Jonathan Babineau. You went out and got the white free. People forget you had Sean Weatherspoon that we brought back just for that reason, to be one of those veterans. If you guys remember the first game of the season, I was at the first game of the season when we played Tampa in 2016. Yeah. And we got cute. Jameis Winston, <laughs> all the quarterbacks mm-hmm. Jameis talked about it last year. We, you had Paul Warlow, you had Sean Weatherspoon that started that game, and we got cute. But they were there to bring along uh, Debo, to bring along Devondre Camp. So you had those veteran guys like you talked about. Man. So that's what it's all about. You got to have those veteran guys that help these guys, these young guys come along. You can't just drop these young guys and expect because they were good in college that you're going to be able to be good in the NFL. Because really, it, it all comes down to scheme. We know that. We talk about matchups and things of that nature. But what did they say when they first came here? Terry Fontenot. We don't just want great athletes. And even Dean P said that. We want guys that are smart, not just great athletes. Because you can be smart all you want, but if you're out of position, it doesn't matter how athletic you are if you're out of position. And that's something that I think that, that's the reason we did see a guy like Richie Grant last season a lot is because, yeah, he has the athleticism, but he doesn't he doesn't have it between the ears yet. You know, he doesn't have it here. You, you got to know the playbook. You got to understand situational football. If you don't understand situations, if you don't understand the, new, the different nuances of the game, being athletic, you know, that's going to fade at, at some point. You got to understand the game, what teams are trying to do to you on certain, you know, on certain down and distances and things of that nature. So that's the reason why you got to keep these veterans, you know, these veterans around so they can teach and help bring these young guys along. Eventually, these, these young guys are going to take over. But before that, you got to 
have these old guys, these elder statesmen, teach them the game. Man, we got a question here, and I kind of had a feeling this was going to come up. As we already know, Cooper Cup got his extension today. $110 million extension. What do so 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 is this pretty much resetting kind of resetting the wide receiver market here a little bit? How do y'all feel about this extension? Me personally, I mean, he won he won the Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl MVP, so it it doesn't surprise me at all. What's the guarantee? Oh, like seventy five million. I think it's like seventy five eighty, guaranteed. Um, I don't think that really set the market like that. I don't know. I gotta look at it no, again. But no, I don't. I don't think it's setting the market. Uh, to be honest, um, I like Cooper Cup, um, but I'm just worried about his health. Um, he can't keep this up. It's impossible to keep up that type of pace. He's on a he, he's one of those Julio Jones pace, and we know what happened to Julio Jones after Shanahan ran him straight into the ditch, the ground, through the earth. He he did a super sand, uh he did a Dragon Ball Z drive a motherfucker through the earth. That's what he did to Julio Jones. What I think Julio Jones had like 138 uh receptions, 1600 yeah. yards or something like that. Yeah. And like two hundred and something, uh, and like the dude had like three, four hundred uh, um, receptions in like three or four years span. So they really ran Julio through the ground, and that like that's what got Julio um, to the point where he is now. He can't stay healthy, so I'm worried about Cooper Cup's health. You can't keep that up. That's an impossible uh, stretch. So, like, even the great Jerry Rice never had that stretch where he had well over 200. You know, these numbers are getting to the point where wide receivers are getting, like, 250 targets a year. That is crazy when you think about it. Because one thing about wide receivers that people never really pay attention to, you got to have great cardio, which means – which means your ass got to be running all the time or them damn hamstrings and them knees going to fall apart. So this is the reason why I'm saying I'm worried about Cooper Kelp's health. It's going to come to a screeching halt. I just, I fear when he's deserving, but if they keep playing, they playing him the way that they plan and targeting him the way they target him, leaning on him, they're going to have some problems in the next couple of years. Cooper Cup going to have some problems. You can't keep up with that pace. So you you said what you're saying is they essentially do what they did to Todd Gurley and just run him yeah. into the ground. Run him to the ground like they did Gurley, pretty much. Ironic, though. Ironic. <laughs> it is really ironic. Um, let me see. I was just looking at some. Yeah. Let me see. 2014-2015. But Julio Jones, yeah, he had 240 receptions. He got targeted 366 times just in those two that two-year span. 
<laughs> Come on, bro. That's a lot of targets. Let's That's look up. Let's let let's let's look at Cooper Cup, shall we? Cooper Cup. It was pretty much almost. Hold on. 145 receptions for 1,947 yards. Good God. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, so he had almost 200. Let me see. He had 179 receptions for 2,200 yards. Regular season plus playoffs. That's a lot of goddamn hits he taking. Yeah. That's a lot of cutting. <laughs> That's a lot of cutting for them knees. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that. People are so infatuated with numbers, but I, I'm worried about them. Mm-hmm. Juke, what you got? What you got on that? I think he uh, he's deserving of it. You know, I think he, he earned it. The only thing that bugs me with Cooper Cup is just all of the talking heads saying he's like the best wide receiver in the league. That's the only thing that bothers me. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's productive, but let's be real. Like, we've seen Wes Walker. We've seen these guys that catch a whole bunch of passes. Like, no disrespect, wow. but I'm just like, he's not the best wide receiver in the game. Like, let's stop comparing wow. him to Julio. Let's stop paying him to Megatron. I think the other day they said Skip Bayless said he's better than Megatron. Like, let's stop comparing him to these guys. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. Yeah. I say, hold on. Hold on. I want you to just run that by me again. Yes. Get Bayless from what I heard said on the undisputed that Cooper Cup is better than Megatron. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're looking at numbers. I tell people all the time. As there you go. That's the face right there. <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah. Let, let me let me get a hot. I, uh, <laughs> Hold on, I go got ahead, a better go one. Ahead, for go I got I got I got a better one for you. Go ahead, finish your finish your point. That's, I, I got much, that's the only thing that bothers me. I mean, and like I said, I'm not a hater. I think Cooper Cup is a really good wide receiver. I think he's like a top ten, maybe top fifteen wide receiver in the game. But is he top three, four, five? I don't really think he is. Like we get infatuated with numbers, and I and that's what Mike was just talking about. If you're targeted a whole bunch, you're gonna catch up a, a bunch of like gonna have a, catch a bunch of passes. Let's just be real. Like I don't think we ever compared or thought that Wes Walker was the best wide receiver in the game when he was leading every year. They ran him into the ground. He was one of those guys that dealt with concussions and things of that nature when he was with the Patriots and when he was with the Broncos and that. Pretty much ended his career, and that's why he was wearing that big old helmet, that like an astronaut helmet, because <laughs> he, <was, laughs> he was taking all of that thing on hits in the slot. But let's be real. Like, so, <laughs> let's, let's stop with this. Cooper Cup is the best. Like, let's be real. Numbers don't tell the whole story. Yeah, he's he's good, and it's no disrespect to him, but he's like I say, he deserves the contract, but. That's just what bothers me is when people say he's the best in the league. Like, let's stop with that. Like, we know we know just off the eye test, he's not the best wide receiver in the league. Like, he just plays in a, a system that favors him, and he's targeted a bunch. And he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a pro bowl player. He's a good player. To me, he's just not up there with them elite guys. When you start talking Jerry Rice, 
when you start talking Julio Jones, Otero Owens, like he's not in those guys' category. Like let's remove Cooper Cup. It's levels to this. You're not on that tier. Let's be real. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. He said that. Bro, he said it, but you on fire, boy. He said, Cooper. Mm. That man, that man said it's levels to this. Woo. Boy, 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 that ain't the truth. Um, I mean, we we are talking about the same Skip Bayless that keeps talking about Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the NFL in 2017, <laughs> right? We talk about the same one that thinks Tim Tebow should have been a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, same, the, 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 the same the 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 same um Coke sniff and skip Bayless. Skill, 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 skill. Hold on, hold on. I gotta do this right. I gotta do this right. I gotta do this right. Hold on. Jew. He didn't say that. <laughs> Tell me he did not just say that. Look, I said it like this. I didn't hear him say it, but it was on all over Twitter. They were saying that he said that Megatron, he was better than Megatron. <laughs> He's not even in the same like they're in two, they're on two different planets. Let's be real. When you start talking about goats to the you know, wide receiver goats, Megatron is up there with the goats. Mm-hmm. Rice is up there with the goats. Julio. T.O., uh, Randy Moss, don't disrespect those guys. I don't care what your numbers say. Wes Walker at one point had numbers like those guys. Like, if you go to Wes Walker's numbers right now, he was catching over 100. I think he had, like, over 100 catches, mm-hmm. like, three, four seasons in a row. But at mm-hmm. that time, nobody was comparing him to Randy Moss. Randy Moss was his teammate in New England. Nobody was ever comparing Randy Moss to Wes Walker, like, saying he was on that level with Randy Moss. But it's like now everything's about the numbers, and they want to elevate these guys because it's all about selling jerseys. We know what it's about. It's about selling the NFL. Do, do, do. They want to elevate these guys. You and it's really like right disrespecting those guys before. You know, the guys before, you disrespecting these guys when you start comparing these guys that just started doing it. It's a reason why Mike always talks about consistency. The guy had one good season, we automatically elevate all. Like, you will never hear me say, Kyle Pitts is better than Tony Gonzalez. He just started. Like, it's not even fair to put him on that same in that same category. Mm-hmm. You talk about goats. Like, this dude had one, he's only been in the league one one season. Like, yeah, he has the ability to possibly get there, but it's no sense to me talking about it right now because he got a long career ahead of him. And I feel the same thing with Cooper Cup. Let's see what he do this year. Let's see if he can do it year in, year out. Because that's what Julio did. Julio had a 10-year span where he was like, his numbers was crazy. Mm-hmm. Been doing this for how many seasons? Let's be real. Come on. And, and this is where I, I I got a rant a little bit. Um, but a lot of these damn teams are just they just it's, it's they're building a player. They hyping the player up by showing these guys. We we see it year after freaking year. Well, you see guys like Justin Jefferson, not to say that these guys aren't talented, but they're getting targeted. We had Terrence Mathis on this show. He said, if I was getting 200 targets a year, my numbers would have looked the same. 
So when we talk about these receivers, these running backs, oh, he he rushed for 1,500 yards for 15. Why he got 400 damn carries a year? So it's easy. To, I said it before. It's easy to it's easy to recoup. Or, or, or when you talk about receivers like Julio Jones, I can get those sixteen hundred yards from Julio. The thing is, I may not be able to do it with one player, but I can redeem that. I can make those same two hundred. Them um those two draft a rookie. He gets sixteen. He, he'll have six hundred. And a starter like a Muhammad Sanu. I know Muhammad Sanu when he in his day could get you 809. Those 1600 yards right there. I can get 1620 touchdowns just by drafting two guys, signing a guy that's a mid level wide receiver, and then drafting a, 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 a wide receiver in the third round to get you about 600, 700 yards of beat. I could get you 600. So the numbers aren't, aren't the issue, it's the skill that you're missing i'm not gonna get that physicality from julio jones i'm not gonna get that deshaun um deshaun jackson ability to just burn everybody deep i'm not gonna get that ability to run away and just wreak havoc on defenses like michael vick but i can get those thousand yards that michael vick does so all it i say this all the time this is the reason why i be so pissed off when everybody be so quick to the crown guys like Jalen Ramsey the best. He ain't the best. I'm, I'm gonna say this right now. AJ Terrell is the best. He stopped everybody that was in front of him. Jalen didn't do that. There's no pass rush. Two hundred yards. Two hundred yards. He gave up. Okay, and he had picks on top of it. He stopped. Everybody that lined up against A.J. Terrell that year didn't do a damn thing. But we labeling Jalen Ramsey the best. Why? Because he got $100 million? Or oh, he got the picks? Why? The guys in front of him beat him. Did nobody beat uh, A.J. Terrell like that? And he played against some very good. He We played in the NFC South. Oh, he played against Mike Evans. Oh, we're going to forget about that? Mike Evans is one of the top guys in the league. Why is it A.J. Terrell the number one corner in the league? Please tell me. Oh, it's because he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. That's why he's not the best. I said it. Look at his numbers. You look at PFL, you can look at, you can look at any stat in the NFL. You can look at the film, and A.J. Terrell shut everybody ass down. But we up here talking about Jalen Ramsey the best. Stop it. I'm going to say this thing with A.J. Terrell. If he repeats last season's performance this year, I'm talking about the the same exact type of season Mm -hmm. where he's not giving up nothing. Because if we actually look at the schedule for the Falcons, I think somebody had put it up on Twitter some. Y'all thought he went against some good receivers last year. He's going to really get tested this year. And if he mm-hmm. puts them same numbers up, mm-hmm. you could definitely put him as the number one overall corner. 
let, let me clear this up real quick, K Style. This is based on what you guys say. When we talk about guys that have one bad, when he have one good year, mm-hmm. because we talk about consistency. But if you want to say, all right, the standard, all right, he had a great year. Well, there ain't nobody better than AJ Terrell last year. He got the picks and he got he had the numbers. Guys lined up in front of him, they did nothing. So it's based on that narrow. One good year. Now, like I said before, nobody had a bit number, better numbers than him. But since he's a Falcon, he doesn't play with the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody wants to say Jair Alexander and all these other guys. Yeah, they some great corners, but they didn't do what AJ did. That's a fact. That is true. But Let's go ahead and start winding it down here. We're going to get everybody's damn final thoughts here. We definitely appreciate y'all tuning in to this very special edition of the Heavy Hitters on Jews Day. <laughs> so we definitely appreciate it, man. And I don't know who wants to go ahead and kick off their final thought. Voila. The floor is open. I'm trying to see what this question said. Hold on. Oh, I got I got you right here. Huckle There you go. He's okay. He says, which phase of the game, defense, offense, special teams, do you think would be the most responsible for the team's success or failure? I guess this year. And I'll let this be my last final word. I want to thank everybody for tuning in as well. But I'm gonna just answer his question. Um, we said this numerous times uh here on the show. It's, it's going to be all of it. Like, you need a good defense. You need offense. You need special teams. We need all of them, uh, all of it to – all of them to play well. Like, it, it's a team. Football is the ultimate team sport. You seen last year in that uh, 49ers and Packers game that that special teams touchdown tilted the 49ers into the NFC uh, championship. So, it's going to be all the phases of the game. The front office, coaching – defense offense special teams if one of those falls short that's what usually where the team you you know where you lose the game we need all of those uh units to do their part and just to go back to what k styles was talking about because i wanted to jump on when jt was talking about the Bengals and joe burrow and i'll close with this i think another thing that gets overlooked with the Bengals, and this is something you got to go check out with the 2016 falcons explosive plays uh, high some multitude of sins. When you're making Ooh. big plays, mm. Chase was one of those guys that he had a lot of. Mm. Like, look at how many explosive plays mm. that you've seen me oh, last year. Oh, wait a minute, boy. He put some stank on that boy. Stank on that boy. Stank on that boy. Good Lord. Ooh, Ooh. I'm go telling ahead. you guys, if you guys look in the playoff, look at Jamar Chase. A lot of people don't look at that Bengals team. Them explosive plays is what covers up those multitude of sins. When you're not good on defense or you're making mistakes, we seen that in 2016, and the Travis would be proud. He talks about this all the time when LT comes on here. He talks about that 2016 defense wasn't great. We talk about it all the time. It was mainly timely stops and turnovers at the right time. They weren't playing like we weren't. We were just hitting on all cylinders at the right time, and that's what that Bengals team, they hit their stride. And I tell people this all the time. Winning the Super Bowl, you don't only have to be good, but it takes some luck as well, meaning an injury here. A big play there. Ask the Giants. 
David Tyree, catch off the helmet. It takes plays like that that win you Super Bowls. So at the end of the day, I'm going to leave it with that, is we need everybody to do their part, and we need a little bit of luck. Let's just be real. Every t- Super Bowl team has those one or two plays, a tough rule. Every single team gets that break. When you least suspect me, it's like, oh, man, a big play happens here or there, a huge injury happens, and boom, that catapults a team. Last year in the Super Bowl, that play against the Bengals when they were in the red zone, when they called P.I. against that linebacker, that's what swung that game for the Rams. They called P.I. Next thing you know, next couple plays, Cooper Cup with the game-winning touchdown. So it's plays like that, simple as that, and that's why I say you need everything. It's always what I say, K-Styles, two or three plays in the game that shift the game, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say that the play that changed, there was two plays that changed that Super Bowl game. One <laughs> was the Nike slides. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are you going to run on the field and celebrate <laughs> with your teammates with some Nike slides on, bro, for one thing? <laughs> Burning Hargreaves, your ass need to get slapped twice for that. Oh, he's gonna get cut. Don't worry. He probably already got uh, cut. <laughs> and the oh, other man. play was when they made Aaron Donald. They pissed Aaron Donald off. That was the other one. I'm like, yeah, look at that man alone. Right <laughs> All right, like Mike Tyson, you do not want to miss those. You leave those guys alone. Exactly. I guess I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and go next. Well, not my yeah, go ahead and go next. Cause you know I gotta close it out the right <sighs> Well, I wanna say this. Um I think this is important to say um, to the fans, okay? We want to get one thing clear, right? I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, but we're here for y'all. This ain't a Mad Mike show. This ain't the K-Star show. This ain't the Juice show. The heavy hitters are here to make sure that you guys know everything possible not to drive a narrative. We don't have a narrative. We support our team through thick and thin, and we try our best when we spend sometimes all day looking for the answers and putting these shows together, watching film, watching other content creators. So we here for you guys, all right? So when we ask you guys to leave these questions, we're not just talking about Falcon stuff. Oh, we go deep. Oh, believe that. We watch all. We watch all ten. We in the knowing history. We we can go back. We can go. We can go back pretty far with our football knowledge. So, like we said before, you don't have to be a Atlanta Falcons fan to enjoy this platform. All right. And one thing, I got to do this. Why am I doing that? That damn Ronald Acuna, boy, I swear. Ronald Acuna. <laughs> he's just so – Ronald Acuna, he's, just, he's so, bro, he's so energetic. Like, I I used to be in baseball real, like, really. But Ronald Acuna, he just make me want to watch baseball. Just so energetic, just a good, fun, loving guy. And, like, I, I just it, – it, it gets me excited to sit down and watch this guy play. It, it reminds me – it, it reminds me of Steph Curry when I watched the NBA. 
you know those guys just gonna have fun. They're not gonna be out here yelling, screaming at their teammates. They're gonna play ball and they're gonna have fun. That's what I like. So, like I said before, we are not your enemy, people. Come holler at us. Friday night madness is for you guys. That's your show. You can come on, speak your piece. You will be heard. I promise you that. I was going to say one other thing since Mike said that we don't know it all as well. I learned from everybody on this panel. I learned, we learned from the fans. I appreciate you guys questions and comments. So definitely leave your likes, your shares, your comments on the channel. We appreciate it. Like we said, we ain't your enemy. We want to hear what you guys got to say. And I ain't taking shots at JT neither. It's all love. But I did want to join last night when he was talking about <laughs> I ain't taking those shots. Out, yeah, we, we ain't taking those shots. I ain't shooting those shots at him. Like I said, we we good, man. He reminded me a lot of myself, and I really enjoyed him last night coming on the show. But like you said, we enjoy you guys' takes, and we enjoy hearing from you guys. Like, we don't know it all. That's why we always say, K-Style, what we say? We don't what? <laughs> we don't damn know. That's it. <laughs> All right, all right. So y'all know what y'all know what happens now. <laughs> Kick it. So my final take for the night is: What was all those fans that wanted Deshaun Watson? Why they're not talking about this situation now and what's going on? We said it before, when the situation happened, the issue wasn't that we didn't want him. You didn't want the distraction. Always seems like there's more shit coming out every week about this whole situation. You done gave up 230 million guaranteed to a guy you don't know that's gonna play next year. So the Falcons did dodge a bullet. So, so as Devontae here says, 24 to 66 reasons why. This is why we say it ain't always the best thing to go chasing gold because sometimes it's fool's gold. So, for all my Atlanta Falcon fans that tuned in with us, we definitely appreciate y'all. Now, make sure y'all continue to support Mad Mike Sports, Jutal Sports, and your boy Six Man K Styles. Now, as I get off these ones and twos, I'm going to leave y'all with this very special message that we got here. As your boys over here, the heavy hitters, the heavy hitters. We go by, y'all remember Kurt Angle had the three I's? We live by the three U's. (laughs) 
usefulness, unpredictable, and universal. Which means we go all over the world, baby. So come on the train here. Cause the heavy hitters is here to play. They they hit we here. And we ain't going nowhere. So until next time, we ain't here to play. We here to stay. You ain't gotta go home. Hmm. What you gotta get done? Thank you.